The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive all that you have right now, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. I want to read the theme passage for our whole conference here this week. There'll be other texts as we use as well. I'm reading from verse 1 of chapter 2, page 489, if you have the same Bible as me, which, by the way, is the RMI Stewardship Amplified Classic Edition. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were going from Gilgal. And Elisha said to Elisha, Terry, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The prophet's sons who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said, do you not know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he said, yes, I know it. Hold your peace. In other words, shut up. That's all you need is somebody who's prophetic to tell you what is going on, like you don't know, like you're stupid, whatever. Or they come after the fact to tell you what the Lord's already done. Elisha said to Elisha, tarry, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord your God lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were Jericho came to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he answered, yes, I know it, hold your peace. In other words, shut up. Elisha said, tarry, I pray ye, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He said, as the Lord lives, your soul lives, I will not leave you. And the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to watch afar off. And two of them stood by the Jordan. The two of them. And Elisha took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the waters. And they divided this way and that way. The King James said that he smote the waters, because that's what you do. You smite you smite the waters. And they went hither and thither. Or they went this way and that way. And the two went over on dry ground. And when they had gone over, Elisha said to, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so. But if not, it shall not be so. And they went on talking Behold, a chariot of fire and horses of fire parted the two of them, and Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Some people think he went up by a chariot, but he didn't. The chariot parted them, and then he went up by a whirlwind. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces, and he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan, and he took the mantle that fell from Elijah and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? 
And when he had struck the waters, they parted this way and that way, and Elijah went over. And when the sons of prophets who were watching at Jericho saw it, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came and they bowed themselves to the ground before him. Now, several things that I want to bring to your attention, of course, this is under the old covenant. Everything functions differently under the new. You have to understand that. Very important that you understand that because we've got people running around trying to pick up mantles from people and especially dead preachers. So in the times that we're living in, people are actually going to grave sites of great men and women of God and trying to lie on the coffin or lie on the gravesite, and they call it, I'm not making this up, they actually try to suck. They call it grave sucking, which sounds to me like it sucks. <laughs> to be honest with you, I hate going to cemeteries anyway. I just, I don't go there. I mean, if we have to put someone in the ground, we put them in the ground. But a cemetery is not a place that I make a visit to. I put my daughter in 19 years ago. I've been there one time when I put my dad in, and then I went back for my mom when they stuck her in there, and there's only three times I visit that cemetery in 19 years. I don't go there. I don't stand there and mourn. I don't get put flowers, nothing. I remember them as they were living. I'm not going to stand over some corpse. Can you say amen? In America, people have a morbid enjoyment of death, and especially now heading into this time, I've never seen so many skulls and bones and all this kind of stuff. What is wrong with people? We are about life. We don't celebrate death. We celebrate life. Can you say amen? So what if I told you that obviously you've got Elijah who, actual fact, he actually thought he was the only guy around, but God had to speak to him when he was sitting under the juniper tree and said, listen, there's 7,000 other prophets. You just didn't hear about them. So you're not the only one in town. There's 7,000 others that haven't bowed the knee. So here's the thing. If you're going to be running looking for the anointing from a dead person, you're in the wrong room because God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, and he's still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And the fact that there are anointings that are going to be released in the earth during this time that people have not even seen because they didn't even know these people even existed, and they even heard the names of the individuals. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they've been in the ministry for many years, and they, I met them by the phone, and they said, I've never heard of you. I said, well, it's great. I've never heard of you either. But... <laughs> What's so amazing, <laughs> there is 8 billion people on the planet. There is a likelihood that most people never heard who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from and what you've done. That's right. That's right. Can you say amen? amen? But people got to hear about Jesus. Amen. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. So we are to lift up the name of Jesus, not the name of a man or somebody that we draw attention to. People come, people go, and God always finds somebody. It's like the relay race with the baton. So you've got the baton in your hand, and you're running the relay right now, but the day will come when you pass it on to somebody else, which is very interesting to me that it was Elisha that followed Elijah, but the 50 sons of the prophets, they stood and watched. So what I'm understanding in this time that we're living in right now, because we are seeing the greatest move of God in the earth right now taking place, but you've got the 50 sons of the prophets sitting around watching. 
All they're doing is watching. They have revelation. They understand. They'll speak to you. They'll even tell you what's going on. But they're not going to be involved. They're just going to watch to see what you do. Well, let me tell you, you better watch hard. But I'm going to be doing a lot of things by the hand of God. Can you say amen? Because something happens when the hand of the Lord come upon you. The hand of the Lord came upon the prophet, and he outran a chariot of horses. If you think there's some easy feat, go find you a, a racehorse and get him galloping and try to outrun him and see what's happening. But when the hand of God comes upon you, there'll be supernatural. And with that double portion, there'll be a supernatural acceleration in what God has assigned and ascribed to your life that would not what would normally take 10 years to do, you'll do it in one. I'm telling you, that kind of acceleration, that's what I'm praying, that's what I'm believing the Lord for that's going to come out of this week. That's why you've come to double portion, because we don't have much time left, but we're going to see the hand of God, and we're going to see the glory of God manifested. Can you say amen? amen. Now, if the, if the, if the, the prophetic element want to sit around and watch and give revelation about what we're doing, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I ain't going to even stop to listen to what you revelate. Because let me tell you right now, we're too busy parting the waters and we're walking through on dry ground and we're going to see the signs and wonders and the miracles. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So isn't it amazing? You've got Elisha who's desperate and hungry, and, he, and the prophet says, stay over here. I ain't staying here. I'm following you. I'm not leaving. He knew what he wanted. He wanted a double portion. And interesting to note that he said, may a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, when you automatically read that, you think, well, it's just double anointing, which it can be, and that's fine. We can talk about that. But I want to throw some other things out which I'm going to be dealing with this week. Not only the anointing, but how many could do with double anointing that you have right now? Who could do with double? Just checking. I don't want you in the wrong line. Amen. If you don't want double anointing, you better leave now. Go find you a dead church with a dead preacher. Go suck the bones of that cemetery. But the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith, that's a double portion of the spirit that's on you be upon me, a spirit of faith. What was on Elijah was a spirit of faith. It takes a spirit of faith to take on the prophets of Baal. It takes on a spirit of faith to take on the hordes of hell. May coming out of this week of the double portion, may you not only have an increase in the anointing upon your life, but may you have a double portion of the spirit of faith upon your life. I'm not even talking about the natural faith that comes as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I'm talking about the gift of faith. I'm talking about the hand of God to do supernatural things through you. May a double portion be upon you between now and Sunday night. All of those that press in, you press in here today, tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. By Sunday night, may you step into the fullness of it. Can you say amen? So whatever you were busy with, cancel it. I mean, if you're 
job won't let you go, just call in and fire them and make sure you're coming here this week because God's going to do something extraordinary on the inside of you. Can you say amen? And you know what's going to happen. You have no clue what's going to happen here this week. You may think you know, but you don't. And we'll talk next Sunday night and you'll say, Pastor, it's true. I had no clue. So, a double portion of the anointing, a double portion of the spirit of faith. I pray, may the same spirit of faith that's on myself and my wife flood your life. But it's not only faith, it's grace. Grace, supernatural grace. Grace to accomplish the plan of God in the hardest place. Everybody thinks of grace as just when it's all comfortable, everything's great, it's all wonderful. But it's grace in even the hardest place. And I know people look at me, they oh, you have it easy. They have no clue. <laughs> I pray every day for God's grace because it's not just stuff what I'm dealing with, it's all the realms of the ministry and then all the churches and all the pastors and people that we're praying for and talking to and praying for them behind the scenes. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you have to be, you have to have the mind of God not only for yourself, but to help others. Can you say amen? Can't allow what you're going through to affect you. Some said, well, Pastor, why don't you tell us? What? I'm not stupid. I talk to the Lord about it, and then I come out here with the word of the Lord. I don't want people leaving out, jumping off bridges and buildings, <laughs> praying may a hurricane come and destroy me. Pastor just told me what he's going through. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do that. I just purposed that way in my heart many years ago, and then we went through major battles and storms and whatever. Later on, people found about it, and they went, wow, if we only knew. They say, Pastor, you couldn't really tell. Like you didn't know, I drank two liters of water before the service. I don't even know how I made it to, through the pastor's appreciation. I was, I was praying, oh God, Jesus. And so when I called you for the testimonies, I disappeared, brother. I had to. I was like. But I never told you. People said, Pastor, we could never tell that you needed to go. It was bad. <laughs> Amen. That's why I encourage people, please use the facilities. Because I can't stand looking at you sitting there going. All right. Anointing, faith, grace. And then there, here's something else, because this is something that they didn't operate under the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, as you know, 
When they were mocking the prophet, what did the prophet do? He cursed them, and bears came out and ate the kids. <laughs> so, sometimes, in the times that we live in, there are times that you really think, may the Lord grace me to go Old Testament on these people. How many have ever thought, i tell you what, could we have a biblical moment here? We are the bears when you need them. Come on, be honest. Who's ever had those thoughts? You can't do that. We can't work around cursing people. They don't even know what they're doing. We can curse the devil behind them. Now, something is very interesting, and I've, I've thought about this a lot. Elisha had a double portion of what Elijah had. But Elisha died a sick man. So I'm asking myself the question, did Elisha get a little bit more than he could even handle? I'm just asking. See, I ask questions. My whole life is about asking questions. I ask questions about everything. Say, boy, I want a double portion. Do you even understand the ramifications of that? Do you even understand what that's going to mean? Especially when you can't even handle the portion you have right now. You know, people want a new car. But if you look at their car now, it's dirty. There's hamburger papers lying in the back seat. There's french fries down the sides of the thing. I'm telling you right now, you go... Let me see your car. And you go look at the car and you say, that's the car you deserve. That car with the chewing gum, with cans of soda pop that are empty. The thing smells like beef burger with extra fries. You don't deserve a new car because your new car is going to be trashed just like it. You stay in your burger fry car. Don't look at me like that. Why would God give you a new one when you're not even looking after the old one? Amen. That's why I look after your old wife. Sorry. <laughs> so he said, I'll get a new one. No, you'll treat her just as, you'll treat her even worse. Don't look at me like that. I'm going to get off that subject right now. Because I've got people looking at me, don't go there, Pastor, don't go there. But so the element that they never operated under is this one I want to bring to your attention, which is love. Because the Bible says, faith worketh by love. So love must always be the motivating force in everything that we do. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves retaliating out of the spirit of the world I tell you, they did that. I tell you, watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to go there and I'll do this over here. So now you're still accomplishing great things for God, but you're not operating by the Spirit of God. You're operating really out of vengeance, which he said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I'll repay. Are you with me? You might look at me and say, Pastor, you've always walked in love. No, not necessarily. There have been times when pastors slammed me, whatever. I went straight to that city. I put a crusade up right across their church, and I slammed them for three, four weeks. And went, 
And that, I can't tell you I was operating in the love. Now I don't do that. I teach people, I train them, I raise them up, and I send them to the city to drop them off. <laughs> and nobody knows it's me, but I'm just smiling there. No, it's a totally different motivation. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have to do it myself. I'm still going to do it. But I'm going to do it in a way you don't know I'm going to do it. Everybody say this often to me, faith, faith works, works by love. So love is the motivation. What does that open you up to then? The gifts of the Spirit. The supernaturals, which you won't try to work in the gifts of the Spirit. They'll just happen. It'll just flow. You'll do it by accident. You'll do it by accident more than other people try to do it on purpose. Because you're operating in that the love of God, which is greater than anything you can ever even begin to imagine. Because let me tell you this to you right now. There are going to be people that are going to do you wrong there is competition out there in business. How many in business? How many know that there's competition out there? People trying to take a business, okay? So you have to be very careful that you don't get into. Honking your horn at the competition. And there might come times where you just need to pull back, let the Lord take care of it, and just keep doing what you're doing. Don't overreact to anything. You're not in a race against somebody else. Say this after me. I'm not in a race against somebody else. So people say, well, I'm going to catch you. I say, oh, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not looking. I mean, if you catch me, catch me. I, I'm not here to protect anything that I have, anything that we do. So if I'm going to pass you, go ahead. There's 8 billion people on the planet. We need, we need people in the ministry. Are you with me? And that's why you, we have to pray for ministers. We have to pray for people, even those that have gone through rough times and difficult times. You have to pray for them. You have to go out of your way to reach them. Some say, I can't believe that happened. Okay, so you don't understand that there's an enemy out there? You don't understand that the devil hates what God's doing? So who's he going to come after? God's servants. He's going to come after God's people. Because if he can touch God's servants, he can touch God's people. One servant getting affected, thousands of people are affected. That's why we have to pray for people and go out of a way to help them and to stand in the gap and actually weep with them and encourage them and see God do a work on the inside of them. And I'm telling you, God is a God of restorer. He's a restorer. He's in the restoration business. And we're going to see that happen more and more and more and more. 
and even some that you say, oh, they've lost everything. Just like Samson lost everything and lost his hair, lost his eyesight, but in the end, he took out more in his death than he did in the whole of his life. I'm telling you right now, people that you think are finished, done, it's over. God said, it's not over. Watch what I'm going to do with them. I'm going to come by my hand. Why? So to the end of the day, no man can get the glory. Only God can get the glory for what he does. Even if you went out and did double, double the miracles. I think the battery fried. Testing one, two. It's the electronics. <laughs> Testing one, two. One, two. I think I just blew the system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. They can't hear me, guys. Am I flowing through monitors here? Where's the old analog system when you need it? Somebody bring me a bullhorn. <laughs> Everybody wants modern equipment. Gag me with a spoon. Okay, say this. Anointing, faith, grace, love. And there's some other things I will get into this week that I believe you will see in this double portion of what God is doing. Can everybody hear me? Broadcast is doing well. Yeah, so on the air, everything's flowing fine. It's just the people in the pavilion. Can somebody get me an analog system and keep it as a backup? <sighs> somebody said, what are you doing? I'm praying for grace. I need great grace right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so you have to decide here this week. Are you going to be the ones that sit on the side watching somebody else do what God's called you to do? Are you going to be the ones that sit on the side that tell everybody else what God's doing with them? Are you going to be the ones that are going to be right in the smack dab in the middle of what God wants to do? 
Hallelujah. We've come down to monitors. Great grace is being exercised here right now. You have no clue. Okay. When we talk about a mantle, what are we talking about? We're talking about a coat. A coat. Has somebody ever given you a coat? Three people here got a coat. Who's ever been sitting in a place and you've been cold and somebody brought you a coat? Sometimes that coat fit you, sometimes it didn't fit you. Whoever had a coat on you that was uh, way too big for you? <laughs> Um, do you wear it for long? Hmm? No, what do you do? You just keep yourself warm, but when you're out of that predicament, you hand the coat back. Thank you so much for your coat. I don't need it anymore. Why? Because it's not made for you. What I want you to know is that God has a mantle for every person that's specially made for you. So what you have to be careful is that you desire you desire something that was not made for you because you saw what the person had and you wanted what they had and God will even give it to you but you couldn't handle it. I'm just asking, study the life of Elisha. Even though he had double the miracles that Elijah had, he died a sick man. So you ask yourself, I asked myself when I read it, I thought, did Elisha desire something that God had, didn't have for him? I'm just saying. I don't know. When we get to the other side, I'll find out because I've got a lot of questions. Somebody said, well, you'll know. I'm going to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Elisha. I'm going to talk to Elijah. I want to say, okay, so what were you thinking when you wanted that? How did it work out for you? In retrospect now, would you have asked for double or would you just say, can I have at least the same of what you have? So what I want to say to you is that we see people that God uses in a supernatural way and people say, I want double that. Just get, first of all, what God has for you. It's designer made. It's for you. It's a coat you're going to wear. It's going to fit you perfectly. It's, the sleeves aren't going to hang down over here. You're not going to be standing there looking like it's overwhelming you. Because a lot of people reach into place and they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. Others don't reach for anything and they're underwhelmed. 
but there will be a divine grace upon your life to accomplish heaven's purpose and heaven's plan. And you will see it take place. So what do we do when we come around people that are operating under special gifts and callings and graces? We receive from them and we receive from their faith and we allow it to, to spur us on, to catapult us on. That's what's going to happen. Every person that comes onto this property, every person that comes around the ministry comes under this pavilion. You can't leave here and just be normal. When you walk out of here, your whole vision is going to open up coming out of this week into what God has for your life, and you're going to see it come to pass. Will it be identical to what we're doing? Probably not, but I promise you, there's going to be things that's going to be released in each and every one of you that's going to be tailor-made for you, and the grace to carry the mantle will be upon your life, and it will not be a bad ending, but it shall be a good ending. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to say this. Don't want anything that God doesn't have for you. Then you know what? That, that removes all competition. Somebody said, well, look what they have. Yeah, that's fine. I'm so happy. I'm excited. I'm going to help them get what they want. Well, what about you? That's not what the Lord's doing with me. So suddenly that element's removed. And you operate in the peace of God. Is this helping anybody here today? Because some of you are believing God for a double portion, which I'm encourage you to believe God for a double portion, but you don't actually know what it looks like. Because that's something that the Lord is going to do on the inside of you. There's people here that have been called of God to do things that have not been done before. I'm just telling you right now, these graduates that are going to come out of the River University that are going to go to nations that and before you arrive, nothing on this magnitude has ever been done in that nation, but it will be done when you get there because of what God's doing on the inside of you. There will be persecution. If you can't handle the persecution, don't even try. And there's a lot of other things I'll talk about this week. I don't want to get into it right now, but I want to encourage you. God's got something special for every single person here on this field and every single person sitting at your home watching by way of television. What I'm actually praying for right now is that God expand you on the inside to receive what he's doing. Anointing, faith, grace, and his love. And we can call out situations and circumstances. We can call out what's taking place in the world. 
but we harbor no ill will towards people. We're not praying for their death. Are you with me? The Bible says to even pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for them. feel to say this right now because there's things that God wants to do through your life and there are people that have come to this conference and you think the thing I lack is the money and it's not. It's not the money. Because even if you got the money you thought you needed, the assignment always changes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You head in this direction to go do something, and then God takes you in that direction. It's just the way it is. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. How many don't know everything? I don't. Oh, if, if only I just had this amount of money. If only you just had that amount of money, you'd go do some dumb, stupid thing that God didn't even have planned for you to. Yeah, but I have this idea. It's a problem. It's your idea. It's not his idea. You want his idea. God's idea. God's plan. Everybody say, God's plan and God's purpose for my life. I pray over every person on the sound of my voice that you will have God's plan, not man's plan. You will have God's plan for your life and you will accomplish heaven's plan and heaven's purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Rando stande i tre epere ketande, rambo reketela vrosa, rekostam rando. Not the plans of man, not the plans of the wise, not the plans of the scribes, and even the Pharisees, but the plans of heaven shall be made manifest over your life, over your marriage, over your home, over your ministry, over your business over everything you put your hands to. Somebody said, Pastor, what are you doing? Just taking my morning stroll.
And God says, I know the plans I have for you, say the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. These are the plans that I have for you. God's plan, not man's plan. Man's plans are limited. God's plans are unlimited. If I went by man's plans for my life, I'd still be back in Africa. Are you with me? Moaning, grumbling about if only they would have helped me, if only this one would have done that for me, I could have been in a better place. If only they hadn't have done that to me. I had to lock out every voice. I had to lock out every attack of the enemy. Every person that said I wasn't going to do anything, I wouldn't amount to anything, and just put myself in a room, get on my face, cry out to God, Lord, I'll have your plan. I'll have your purpose. I'll do exactly what you want me to do. I'm going to go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be what you want me to be. Lord, I'm nothing. I know I am, but I've come to you. I give you my all. Take me. Take me. Do whatever you want to do with me. One of the days I showed back up, I popped my all the hurricane relief in that. And I thought I would just go to Operation Eden. I walked around there and then I walked over to the, to the workshop with all the buses that done and the cars, are, you know, for the ministry and service and looked after. And I walked in there and there is the, the shell that's just been resprayed of the 1988 Astro van that we had, the very first vehicle that Adonik and I got with the three kids. Kirsty was three, Kelly. Uh, Kirsty was five, Kelly was three, Kenneth was seven months old in that vehicle. And that car came by way of a miracle, you know. And I walked in, and obviously it's being resprayed, it's being restored just like it was. It's going to be in the front of the pavilion. Everybody will be able to see. I think we did 268,000 miles in the vehicle. And I went and I put my hands on that vehicle. And when I did, I began to weep. Because immediately I saw myself in the van with everything we possessed, with no place to go, no church that even wanted that we're driving across America. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I got all hell breaking loose back in the country I come from. They're all lying about me, making up every kind of story imaginable. I'm here. I didn't even have the right papers or <laughs> documentation. <laughs> I mean, everything. I didn't even know how I was going to pay for a hotel. And, I'm, and I stood there. And as I just held onto the vehicle, and I thought of all of what God has done over the years, and he grace and the many hours while she was sleeping all the kids were sleeping and I'm weeping and crying out to God because I didn't know how big America was I'd get in the car and drive can you come preach here yeah and I'm booking meetings <laughs> I preached one night in Los Angeles the next night Las Vegas and then the following night I'm in Colorado I mean it's I get in with one hour to shower and walk onto the platform and preach. I mean, because I didn't know how big America was. You have no clue how big America is. You drive into 
uh, uh, East Texas and the sun's rising and you're going out of West Texas, the sun is setting on the same state and you've been plowing it and moving. uh, uh, I mean, how big is this place? But I thought of, I thought of, it shocked me. I mean, I was shaking under the power of God as I began to realize how the Lord has carried us. Yeah. Not only that, the times that I wanted him to do something, and he didn't do what I wanted him to do, but he did something better. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it doesn't change what I was believing God for back in 1988 and 1989, 1990, what I was believing God for back then. I'm still believing God for crazy stuff now. It's just like a whole lot bigger. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there's a whole lot of questions. I have as many questions that I have that I had back then. I have them even now. I've got amplified versions of the questions that I had back then. But the Lord, the hand of God that will carry you, the hand of God that will carry you, the hand of God that will sustain you. Can you say amen? Amen. And you're going to walk in the fullness of that. Hallelujah. Get them, Lord. Get them. Get them out of their heads today. Get them out of their heads today. Get them out of their heads today. I'll tell you one thing you're going to have coming out of this week, you're going to have double the joy that you came with. Double, 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 double,
Come here, both of you, quickly. Run down over here. Run, 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 run. Right over here. Double, double, double. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Touch them in their homes, Lord. Touch them in their houses. Touch them in their homes.
me pray over you. Come, both of you. Yeah. This couple are pastors from Burma. Burma. Fire! 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 Fire in the mountains. Fire in the hills and fire in the valleys. Bring him here. No, no. Next row. Next row. Yeah, bring him. Fuego! Fuego! We pray for you about the drain so everything drains out and then goes. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Let me pray over the Norwegians. Come here. Anybody live in Norway needs a double dose. Bring them here. Bring the Norwegians over here. Help the Burmese. Ushers, come on. <laughs> Lord, the Norwegian people need to have the joy. Give the Norwegian people the must to get the joy. Jesus, damn. Yeah. Norway. Norway. Fire. Hallelujah. Double, 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 double. Welcome, guilty by association, come down here. Anybody who lives in the state of Washington needs to have a double dose. Bring the Washingtonians over here. Lord, some of these people are living with crazy presidents, crazy governors. 
crazy mayors, lunatic sheriffs. Help them, Jesus. Help them, Jesus. Help them, Jesus. If you're visiting with us, I know some of you might wonder if this is legal. This is. Might not be allowed in some places due to social distancing. But it's legal. It's scriptural. The first time the Lord did this was with Adam when he needed to get him a wife. God put him to sleep. So because Adam was involved, a woman would have lived, looked totally different. You know, man always gets in a mess as the plan. And God took out his rib. And when he woke up, he went, wow, man. <laughs> and the his, rest is history. I want everybody just to bow your heads across the field. The anointing is available for every person. And it's all to do with the assignment on your life. You in your homes, I want to give an invitation right now. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today and you say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never personally said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I've gone around church, but I've never prayed to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But today, I want to. I know that if my life ends today, I'm in trouble. What would happen if you breathed out your last breath today? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin is plunged beneath that flood lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin is going to be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life and you're going to leave this place changed. He calls you today. He says, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and have laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, come. You might never have another opportunity today. He calls you. The word of God declares, my spirit shall not always strive with man. He gives you opportunity. And your time to respond is now. Maybe you've come on this field today and you say, I never gave my life, Lord. Or maybe you're here today and say, I did, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. There was a time when I was on fire for God, but I allowed the things of the world to come in. I 
I lost my first love, the joy, the peace that I once had, and I want that back. Maybe there's something hidden that's caused the problem. It's in your heart. You've never dealt with it. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that block the heart of man from receiving what God has. Jesus said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Will you let him do that today? He says, come. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward. Everybody can see it. And that even holds you back even further because you feel, well, what's the use then? I'm, not, I'm never going to mount to anything. But God's a God of a second chance and a God of a new beginning. He says, come. He says, come. Will you surrender to him today? Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we described. Maybe it's a storm that came against your life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the ba- uh, um, you know, betrayal of a close, close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that just shook your world, took your breath away, as life has a tendency to do. But you say, I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to be restored today. Will you surrender to him? And then lastly, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord with all my heart, but I don't have any assurance of my salvation. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. I'd like to know that I know. If you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are, quickly. Put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. Thank you. God bless 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 you. Hands are going up all across the field. Even in your home, just put your hand up. Somebody said, nobody can see me. The Lord sees you right where you are. Put your hand up and say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Today is my day of freedom and liberty. And put your hands down now. I want you to look at me, please. On this side of the pavilion, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, Quickly, just slip your hand up and say, include me in the prayer. Anybody else? Thank you. Right against the side of, over there. Anybody else? In the middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Just quickly slip your hand up right now. Thank you. Anybody else? All the way to the fence. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? On this side here, you didn't raise your hand. You, you want to be included. Put your hand up right now. God bless you. I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to stand right now, please. Stand all across the field. Everyone that raised your hand, stand, 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 stand. I want to pray with you and for you. I want you to bring the personal belongings and come stand right around the altar. We're going to pray. Come.
television the number on the screen right now people standing by as I pray with them here you can pray with me right in your homes and you can receive him as your Lord and Savior many have done that we've bumped into people all over say I prayed with you through television some people we only meet 20 years later 25, 30 years later, the hand of God. I want all you standing here to look at me, if you would, please. You've not come to man, but you've come to the Lord. I'm a servant of the Lord, and you, I'm not Jesus. I'm just a messenger. If you mean business with God today, God means business with you. One prayer fits all. So we're going to pray a prayer right now. I want you to close your eyes. And pray this together with me. Just say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, change me, fill me, use me. 
Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift those hands to heaven and let me pray over you, Father. I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That on that day when we stand before you, let not one be missing. Let not one of these ones be missing. That we'll all be together on the other side. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. I break every bondage, every addiction. I don't care what it is. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, things you sniff, snort, inject. I break it. I break it over here right now. I break it in the name of Jesus. By the power of the blood of Jesus, I set you free. I set you free from fear. I set you free from all manipulation of the enemy. Witchcraft is broken off of your life. I set you free from this day. You'll never be the same. And Father, I thank you that you do that work in them. The same way you carried me all the way from Africa to 85 countries of the world, you'll carry them into glory. And we thank you for it. There's the power of God coming on you right now. That's the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you right now. That's the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost coming upon you right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Fill them, Lord. Fill them to overflowing. Fill them to overflowing. Thank you for your power, your anointing. In Jesus' name. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.